Welcome, everyone. Whenever you're listening, if you are live with us, we're on every single Monday. Or you're listening to the recording afterwards. Tonight will be extremely rich, as always. Yet, the mindset of champions top it all the time. Thank you for calling. I'm Vince Hollywood Kelvin, and you're listening to the brand new rendition, the brand new rendition of my podcast called Sons of Casanova. The premise of this new podcast, I started it initially, the podcast, in 2004. So it is the longest lasting podcast in the original, in the pickup and seduction community. Times have changed. Everything has evolved so much. This is the perfect time to emphasize your masculinity and a sexual edge that will be extremely enticing to women done the way that they most crave it and subconsciously desire it. So they will welcome it. The topic for tonight is to eradicate once and for all the tendency to be a nice guy. Now, we have to be cautious with that topic because no one should think of themselves as just one thing, especially if that one thing is limiting. Truth is, we've all been conditioned that the way to get a woman was to please her and uh, get her to like us until she would go for it. So it's not organic. There's a big difference between exercising kindness in the world or pretending to be nice to hope to get something. So in a way, it's not even true to say that nice guys are nice. In fact, ladies, avoid by all means those so-called nice guys because the proper way to name and frame them should be tricksters and liars. You want the man who will honestly from the get-go recognize his own masculinity, his own sexual wiring, and that women, they already kind of know it subconsciously because why is it that they will go further with the guy that challenges them a little bit, assuming he's got other things going on for himself? If you're really dedicated to master the art of seduction, enticing, to boost your love and sex life, you got to understand that it's multifaceted. So there's not just one angle that will handle it all. So first recommendation of the evening, recognize that we all are capable of showing an edge and tapping into our own masculinity. And we could also all succumb to the tendency of coming from the wrong angle and acting like pleasers and trying to be nice. It's so deeply ingrained once you make that first note. So this time spent with me for you becomes even more practical and impacts you. And you start to feel and experience a difference in your own ways right away. So make a note. Take the time right now to make a note that it's a tendency it's not something at the level of identity. It's a tendency. It's not something that resides at the level of identity. So stop identifying with nice guy and know that you got to watch out. So do I, all of us men. We have to watch out, pay attention, that we don't fall back into the tendency to play the nice guy hoping that it's going to lead to some sex because it's not fair to us and it's also not fair to women. Now, let's define that tendency. There's different levels and degree, degrees. 
The tendency first can show for some, actually many, at the level of uh, trying to be nice with girls that they don't know, hoping that this will do it. What's the remedy? The remedy is to make sure that you treat a beauty with the same fairness that you would treat somebody that's to you ugly. So if somebody that's ugly and you don't feel attracted to them was to voice some nonsense, would you buy into it? Would you go along with it? Would you nod your head and say yes, even though you know it's pure bullshit? No, without making a big deal of it, because we got to watch out, okay? Another tendency is to be overly anal, rigid, sensitive, take things personally. That rigidity is certainly not sexy nor attractive. But for as long as we are fairly flowing about it, we flow with it, it's important to know that it's okay to contradict a woman, to correct her, to challenge her from the get-go. So your second note is treat them fairly by responding to them the same way you would respond if what is voice or the behavior came from somebody that's ugly. See, we tolerate too much when it comes to beauty. The third key point is to know that even if initially it comes from a good place, being nice will deviate from its origin intention, original intention, and will be perceived differently from women. You know, I'm sure if you're a man listening that at some point in your life, you thought you were doing something very special for a girl and you compromised yourself a little bit, and you didn't honor yourself. Did you ever, if you're listening right now, to some degree, maybe you were a little short money-wise, and there was something that you wanted for you, but you were able to say, no, I can't afford it right now. And then even though it wasn't wise, you blew money on a girl, maybe for dinner, maybe for drinks, maybe something more significant, money that you didn't really have. And for you, it felt like a heroic thing to do. And it felt like you were fully aware that, okay, I'm taking the very little that I have to treat this girl with something special. But now, on the other side, it will not be registered that way because... Any beauty knows that they can easily get a free meal, a free drink. So for them, it was no big deal. For you, it was uncommon. For you, it was that exception that you made. You wanted to turn it into something special for her. You were just another guy. And uh, oftentimes, the very same girl that will be treated in a disproportionate manner from a guy that's not fully honest because he wants to get something from her, would not be capable to afford what the guy should have afforded at the first place. But she will not have the experience that you have of feeling like you're being generous, of feeling like you're going out of your way for the girl. So I'll backtrack the key topic tonight, but we'll open the floor to any questions any topic, is watch the tendency to be a nice guy. Number one, never identify with it. Don't make those proclamations, well, I'm too nice. Well, sometimes, you know, I end up being the friend. They treat me like a friend. It's a tendency that you can correct. Don't deal with it at the level of identity. Don't identify with anything because the potential for all things is already within no one should ever say, oh, I'm soft-spoken. They have a tendency to speak softly when and how it doesn't serve. Nevertheless, they have the capacity 
and the potential is already within the possibility exists. So right there, that's big, guys. If you really want to work on your inner game, watch out because we can, man, to be all or nothing. So we go in one direction, too, and if we detect a tendency, we're fast at starting to identify with it and proclaim only that, omitting that we already have the potential for more. And if you're not sure of that, if you hear this and you go, that's nice, man, but you don't think it's the case for you. You think that you're bound in a certain way to a certain identity. That's a confirmation that you bought into it the wrong way. Yeah. So the uh, first note of the evening is, remember, it's just a tendency. Then uh, do know that that tendency is, is not organic. It's not uh, coming across the right way. And most of all, it will never be appreciated to the degree to which it should be appreciated. So note will be to make sure that you treat beauty the same way, the same fairness, with the same fairness that you would respond to somebody who's ugly. If an ugly person looks at you a little weird or doesn't respond to you right away, do you blame yourself? Do you doubt yourself for it? You probably think that they're weird. If a beauty does that, then we rapidly change and doubt ourselves. Don't do that anymore, okay? A great exercise, it's simple, is to think about some of the responses you've been getting from beautiful women or the way they've been interacting with you, treating you. And imagine that it's not them doing that, that it's someone who's a little bit of a disaster at all levels. They don't take care of themselves. They don't make sense. And you would not validate their behavior. You would question it. Now, it leads us to question, okay? Enter your interactions with beautiful women from a place of like, there's something defective with them and you are the solution. You, the greater part of the equation which leads us to the next part before we start to take questions. Watch also, because maybe you feel like, hey, man, that's, that's not my problem. You know, uh, what I want to get better at is sex game or bedroom, pulling, escalation, managing multiple women, that kind of stuff. The challenge is when we become slightly more invested, and this is something that reoccurs. There's no final cure for it. Because maybe you desensitize to certain situations and you know better by now, but sooner or later, there's that one girl, that situation, maybe it's two girls, maybe it's a group of girls, maybe it's your first invite to a sex party, maybe it's your first invite to a celebrity event, maybe it's a girl that gives you a little more admiration than you used to get from girls, maybe it's a girl whose uh, sexual ability takes you a little further and provides you with more pleasure then usually we drop our game and we go back to again uh, trying to be nice. Now, we're not suggesting the opposite either, okay? If we take uh, an asshole and an imbecile that's got nothing going on for himself, uh, and on top of that, he's challenging and questioning, uh, that's a disaster. So we're assuming you recognize and further your own greatness. You refine your game constantly. So it's mesmerizing. It's mind-blowing. I'm about to release a couple new videos that to you will be mind-blowing. Then on top of that, you bring your edge back. You be careful because I've seen plenty of guys with good game and at the exception of a few negs here and there that oftentimes it's not even that they're negging. See, negging is an art. Credit to mystery for naming it that way and, and presenting it that way. But for many, they neg from a place of insecurity, which creates the opposite effect. So you got to make sure that you neg for the right purpose from the right place. The right purpose is to start to, to challenge them, to take them out of their own autopilot, and to show that you're not like every other guy. And it's easy. See, for me, since the get-go, 
my attraction game, the attraction aspect of my game, which I want to pass on to you guys, has been simple. I've realized that, yeah, there's differences at the level of how fit a person can be, how wealthy they can be, how achieved they can be. But overall, the tendency amongst all men overall is the same. Unconsciously, they don't realize, even if they're equipped with quite a bit of game, that they're still operating from a false core model that could work in other areas. You know, if you're in the presence of elders caring to you or you caring to them, to exercise or extra kindness, to come from a place of doing something nice for them. Not always, but in that context, it would make sense. Family people who are ready to reciprocate, your own true brothers, the buddy that will show up for you. That's okay there to go out of your way, assuming the other person will reciprocate. And we need to be mindful also with everybody overall because there are some people who could perceive that as being weakness and quickly do less and take advantage of it. But when it comes to attraction, that is the wrong formula. Why? Three key distinctions, you may want to write them down. If you're listening to the recording, pause, be proactive. It's too easy in this day and age because we're bombarded by information that's available everywhere to become overly passive and to just sit and listen and hope that it's going to be enough for us to change, but it's not. So bring back being very proactive, taking notes, pausing, trying it, repeating it. So the first reason why it's counterproductive to try to be nice to a girl, because it's what everybody else is doing, so you're not different, and it's not attractive. To attract, observe what most men do, or every man will do, and start to do something different, often just the opposite of what they do. And then you will attract because what is different attracts. If you're driving down the street and it's the same building, type of building, same type of building, same type of building, after a while you don't notice it anymore. Suddenly a building that looks completely different. Even if it's not to your liking, you will notice it more and it will make you a little intrigue. And a subtle pre-attraction layer is that of being noticed and then the second layer is intrigue. And that's a platform, those two layers, that is going to lead, that's more conducive to greater attraction. Okay? So, first problem is to you, an act of kindness towards a woman, a compliment, doing something that you thought was special, buying a drink, is nothing different than what the other guys are doing. Now, the second thing that makes it counterproductive is that women are human beings. They're not only seeing and experiencing what we're seeing and experiencing. They're not obsessing about their own ass and tits all day long. Yes, it's important. Yes, many of them, they think about that quite a bit, but it, it, they don't have the appeal. They don't go, oh, look at my ass. Oh my God, I want to touch my ass. I want to feel my ass. Okay. Yeah, they obsess about beauty, but within, they are very vulnerable, and they need to grow out of that vulnerability. So there's a higher intelligence within all of us, and if they're not being challenged, then they know they're not going to grow. So there, it's subconscious, but oftentimes, that's why they love the guy with an edge. And the third reason why it's counterproductive is that most communication, if not all communication, is subcommunication. It reminds us of what we're supposed to do, what we have learned to do in the presence of such communication. You can think of many, many, many examples. If somebody starts to be a little more, uh, exercise, exercise a little more authority towards us, if indeed they have a position of authority towards us, we can defy that, so we know we have the option to defy, to comply, but we are registering that 
Those are the responses that would fit. So who challenges women? Men who come from a place of greater supply. Those men, their communication are completely, completely, completely different. So in a way, it's not that being an asshole pays off. It's that the only guys who dare to be a little bit of an asshole with women while being sexy, while being fun, while being attractive in many other ways are the guys that are the top of the food chain and why not position ourselves as being those men by simply studying what they do. So I open the floor in just a, a moment for questions. Heads up, a pure masterpiece, legacy to the pickup and seduction community was just created yesterday. The topic on our podcast, if you didn't catch the past couple episodes, has been the big question. For those who want more than just one woman, how do you tell a girl that you want many girls? I've done a masterpiece of a live demonstration of that, where during the same seminar and recording, uh, I demonstrate on two different girls, and uh, then they meet uh, in the midst of it. All of that captured on video. There's going to be a couple samples of what happened on YouTube and on Facebook. So no one has ever addressed it that way and answer, answered it that way. It's the substructure the strategies to make that happen. And most guys go at it in the completely wrong direction, in the worst of all ways. So yesterday, I'm pleased to say that I am bringing this piece to the puzzle of the success that you will have with your seduction. All right, callers, my friend, my brothers, whomever is listening, some of you are muted. Just in case you need to unmute, you press star six, and this is a wonderful time to begin to voice your, your questions. I'm here to help. Let's turn this into a little bit of an interaction. I'll give you a sec, but don't wait too long. Remember that you're here to learn how to be social. All questions are welcome. This is a little bit of a side note. Yet, if you want to make tremendous headways as an adult, learning any discipline that appeals to you, here the topic of thriving with the opposite sex, with women, you need to remind yourself that the process of learning as an adult is completely different, especially when it's you choosing to learn for you, not if you want to pass the bar exam or something like that. But you, personal growth, it's completely different because you got to realize it's no longer a frame of the right answer or the wrong answer. So watch your tendency to not voice yourself because you're not sure that what you have to say is valid. On the contrary, to be more social, the rules are different. The rules of really learning how to be social is seize every possible chance to voice something and feel good no matter what happens. To me, 25 years of contribution to this community at this point. If I have two guys in front of me or on the call and one of them does not say anything, because he's not sure and he doesn't want to bother and he wants to give a chance to somebody else. And then I have another guy who goes, hey, uh, <coughs> uh, sorry, <coughs> well, um, I don't know how to phrase my question. Um, anyway, so, but I, I just wanted to say hello, Vince. I'm here on the call. I would know that this guy's going to go further. Here's a powerful exercise. First and foremost, a distinction. And meanwhile, we're still open for questions. I wed them, but I don't depend on them. Yet, to further help you, it's great to know you, to hear you, and to help me direct the call. So, here's the distinction. To thrive with pickup and seduction, for what you need to naturally come to mind when you need it, it's not sufficient to just hear it, even if you heard it a lot. 
it will take to practice it in private. What are some great times to practice? Let's say, for example, practice number closing. Okay? Which in this day and age, it's so easy. Hey, you seem fun. I'm putting you on the spot. Enter your number. So we can be in touch. Who knows? Maybe one of those days we'll hang out. So let's say you hear that, and that's just one option, one rendition. Then, when you shower, when you commute, even when you use the bathroom, do it full force out loud to an imaginary person, and do it a lot till you flow with it. Then, the odds of that popping up at the right time when you're face-to-face with a girl that's already destabilizing you a little bit because of her looks, and that's much greater, okay? So change your habits, and this is how you really practice pickup. You enhance your mindset, and you make sure that you practice it a lot in private. For me, that's how I entered this game. There wasn't much when I first started, and prior to that, my background was music. So the idea of practicing to make it perfect came obviously, to me, and that's what I started to do. Anytime I would have a little idea and do different renditions, do the long rendition, the short one, the more sophisticated one, language-wise, the one using slang, and so on. Okay, so ladies, gentlemen, what questions do you have? How can I further your progress with this art? Vince, this is Andy. Andy, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. So, so how do we sub-communicate um, that we are different or intrigue? That's a wonderful question, and I know you're already very well equipped in producing phenomenal results. Personally, I use the basic principle of neurolinguistic programming to, not to mention NLP, but that's where I got it from, to have an ongoing study to observe two extremes. Observe them in the real world when I come across them, or even in movies, even a TV show, even if it's fiction. Those guys who struggle the most and those guys who thrive. I'll give you a simple example. I was watching this little TV show the other day because I'm about to pitch some new ideas for TV shows, so I'm I'm kind of uh, getting acquainted with all the new TV shows, and I'm, I'm very proactive in Hollywood right now. You know, I, uh, I go to all those red carpets and so on. So I got to know what's up. And even though it's just a TV show, there's a guy that's called to go to work. He looks very alpha. He's very well built. The guy is a fucking FBI agent in the movie. He's got his wife. It's a little different, you know. But uh, she's a little sad that he's called last minute to go to work as they were about to do something. So he's not reactive. He bites his lip a little bit and looks at her and he says, sweetheart. And he takes his time. He pauses. So right away, subcommunication that he is boss and he's a caring boss. Most guys would get reactive and add too much. So right there, I go, okay, I love it. Slightly deeper voice, nickname, sweetheart, and he takes his time. So, for example, I'm at a bar now, and I turn, and I see a girl, I say, hey, I was thinking. Now, who would dare doing that? Usually, what do most guys do? If they start to talk to the girl that they don't know, they're going to speak probably a little too fast, and they're going to fear the pause, and they're not going to just come from the center. See, no one should try to do the deep voice like that. It's ridiculous. But if we take a brief moment to, to center and we spend more time in our center, automatically our voice is better aligned. So then he says, listen. Okay, go out to a nightclub and watch how many guys who are insecure, not that certain, are going to dare to tell a beauty, listen, 
Now he says it and he tilts his head back slightly. Who does that? It's a sign of superiority. If you speak towards someone and your chin is up, for as long as you don't overdo it, where else have you noticed that? Notice any form of celebrity from TV, social media, the superstar salesperson in a company, the boss, the owner, the man that has seniority, that's most likely where we're going to find it. So another example. Listen. Then he pulls a chair. He taps the chair with his hand and he says, sit. And then he leans towards her, still taking his time, and he grabs her hand and he goes, I know you were looking forward to this, but we talked about this before. And then he dares to tell her one of my classics. And sometimes you, you study what the tendencies of most men are and you learn game like a master. And then you realize that it's not a discovery or an invention. It's more the study of what works. So right there, we could have thought that they, they watched the seminar that I did yesterday. He grabs her hand. It's one of my classic. And he said, but maybe, maybe this is too much for you. Maybe I am too much for you. And he looks down, causing the woman to go, no, I want you. Okay? So to answer your question, Andy, uh, turn it into a study. Pay attention to extremes. And, you know, most guys especially if they're new, suddenly they go, hey, let me go do some pickup. First, you should graduate from that. You, you should not have to tell yourself, let me go do some pickup. You should know that from now on, it's a part of you. And you're becoming aware that it's been a part of you forever. That's your sex drive. There's a direct relationship that most don't see between how you feel as a man if you feel like you've been in your head a little too much and, and you're not sure what your life purpose is and so on, I can tell you that part of the problem is the fact that you are not honoring your building wiring to succeed with women. That's why this topic is so essential. I've seen enough men, tens of thousands, seven continents, two and a half decades. It was enough for me to realize, wow. <laughs> And that is obvious. So you're on all the time. And nothing special needs to be there. See, when you come full circle, you could not really feel it. Not exactly know what to say. Not feel at your best and still manifest. The most extreme example of that, I ran into the video that some time ago, but I ran into the, the video that I had filmed that day. 7 a.m., I'm lacking sleep. I like to wake up early, but that one day I go, oh, I'm wrestling. I barely get dressed. I put my sweatpants, you know, no ring, no peacocking. My hair's not really done. I toss a hat on myself, and I'm so sleepy that, you know, when you, you can still feel something on your eyelids, on your eyes. And I, I think, okay, let's go get an energy drink. I walk down the street to the store, and I'm, I'm becoming aware that I'm having a lot of trouble concentrating, <laughs> that I'm still sleeping, and I start to wrestle with it on top of everything. And then I'm at the uh, cash register buying my energy drink, and the person is fairly talkative, which I always love to be social. But in that moment, honestly, <laughs> I didn't do much. I go, oh, yeah, uh, they put me on the spot. I, I, my reply really fucking sucked. And then I get back towards my place. By now, it's maybe 7, 10 a.m. And I see a girl. And I know I'm seeing her, but I pass. And I realize I didn't even say anything. And I turn around, and my opener is, I didn't say anything, which makes no sense. She replies with a thick Russian accent. What I did after that was honestly not that spectacular, other than I'm going there, walk with me. In little chunks, I relocate her in front of my place. Then she says, she's got to go. I go, oh, we got to, we, we, we got to, what? Um, I'm so sorry. See, a good example right there. Lost the train of thought, but it's okay. Uh, we got to immortalize this moment. I film, I kiss her. She comes upstairs, 7.15 a.m., unexpected pool. 
If a psychic the day before had told me, you're pulling tomorrow morning at 7.30, I would have bursted into laughter and say, <laughs> I'm open to psychic reading, but that one, I don't really believe it. So that core place, what did it right there? was openness. I never went against myself. I never thought it's a problem that you didn't talk to her. I never thought, uh, I don't know what to say. It's a problem. I didn't let that fool me. That was not for you, Andy. What was for you, Andy, is the part of turning it into a study. Observe extreme. Uh, befriend. Inquire. Study. The top dogs. Go to the top of the food chain. You know, I love going to those Hollywood events because whenever I go, I notice that Whomever is the mover and shaker, their behavior is completely different. There's a big difference between seeking and being sought after. For them, it's a daily experience. They cannot be in the world anymore. Some complain about it. But imagine the eyes are on you all the time. How would you act differently? What I'm saying for everybody else, especially if you knew, if it's the first exposure to my teaching and so on. So many are those times when first you shouldn't think, oh, I'm going out for pickup. You are a man with a need that's the strongest of all of your needs and will not change for the rest of your life. So it's time that you fucking honor that and you don't let anything fool you out of it. And then you're doing it at any given time or you're ready to do it at any given time. Suddenly, you're somewhere in a nightclub, you're walking around. Instead of being the guy who will go through like little moments where there's nobody around or this or that, include to your, in your pickup practice some, some little studies. So from now on, if you're in a nightclub, you talk to a few girls, then you sit pleasantly and you quickly scan the room and go, okay, let me observe the guys that are the worst at it and let me observe the guys that are the best at it. And then you start to model. So thank you, Andy. And um, we covered a lot right there. So... Once again, I, I really wish for everybody who hears this right now, I know it's always the same. We, we tend to forget what it's like to really want something. Okay? As men, we need to redefine wanting because we start to treat wanting the way women treat wanting. See, many women go, oh, my God, I saw one that dress. The guy hears that, he gets her the dress. Two days after that, her roommate is wearing the fucking dress. Or two days after that, she goes, oh, I want that other thing. So for women, one thing is something that they like to talk. It's like a little tease. Okay? There's a fine line between them wanting and them acting on it. Acting on it. They could also quickly stumble on, oh, I want, but I don't know. And it turns into a little bit of venting and no real action is taken so when we coach women, we encourage them to, to shift that when and how it serves them while they further embrace their feminine. But for guys, we've got to watch out, okay? We need to reach deeper levels of honesty. You know, the amount of guys like, right now, wouldn't you love, and this is a key point that I'm making, okay? This is not me doing a sales pitch. I want to be clear, but I want to render you a deeper favor. How many would really love it if you could be in the following situation, you have a beautiful girlfriend that's like a first lady. She's got your back. At home, she's better than uh, the best women you could have found in the 40s, the 50s, when women would, you know, she takes care of your laundry, she cooks for you, the place looks fucking impeccable, it smells good, she cooks your favorite food, and so on. In the world, she's impeccable, she's a true first lady, you know, Ten guys could say something, she says nothing. One girl could talk to me, she's there, she's supportive. If the girl is a threat to me, she will defend me. And then super sexy, lingerie, and so on. At the same time, as this is flourishing and getting stronger, she's absolutely fine that openly you have a girlfriend. The girlfriends are cool, they understand that. They get along together, they talk. Wouldn't that be pretty awesome? Okay? So that was captured on camera yesterday. Now, most guys say, oh, I, I, I want many girls and so on. Their wanting is too weak. Because will they go the distance? Will they take the steps needed? Will, because we've got to go back to as many. If you want something, either you stop wanting it or you do everything that you can to get it. 
rekindle with that at the core. That's the core of being alpha. So, okay, this is Sons of Casanova. The goal is to get an edge, to rekindle with an edge. Tonight we're talking about the tendencies to go back to being nice. Now, for me, I've made the most headways and I further make headways when what I thought I had completely corrected out of my cockiness and ego, I revisit it and now I detect the very, very subtle manifestations. I've noticed that the, the nice guy syndrome, for all of those who are really advanced, will subconsciously and subtly kick in in two unique places. If you're on the verge of making a lot of progress, but you're about to go further than you ever went, suddenly the nice guy syndrome will pop back in pop back in when you would have an opportunity to take it further as an excuse for you. So be mindful that suddenly maybe you, you're on the verge of having your first threesome, okay? And you hear a bullshit little voice in your head tell you uh, that, oh, no, well, one of them has a boyfriend. Or, or suddenly something, it may not be that, but be mindful that, when you're on the verge of venturing further in an edgy sexual situation and you have good game already, you are prone to being tricked by a false sense of validating again to, to try to, to be nice. If the girl really wanted to be with her boyfriend, she wouldn't be in that situation at the first place. And you can also call her on it. The other time when it might kick in is when you have already quite a bit, quite a bit, okay? So watch because we shift when we have a little bit more. We're no longer going at it as if it's urgent. It's got to happen right here and right now. So I'm open to maybe one more question. No obligation. Let me quickly check in the time. Yeah, it's supposed to be 45 minutes. So uh, super quick announcement. We have the Cosmic Code Convention coming. The Avengers are calling. Who are the Avengers? 12 legends in the field of seduction, hypnotica, myself, Vince Kelvin, and AZD, the most solid we're here to help you with your seduction, your pickup, your sexuality, be a sex god, understanding the masculine, the feminine, lifestyle, entourage, and so on. Two legends of business, Brian Casella, part of it takes place at his mansion, and Journey Cassio, seasoned businessmen who will help you, and beyond businessmen, you know, their lifestyle is phenomenal. Uh, they will help you to make sure that you follow your dreams and the practical aspect of it so you have the means to follow your dreams and you're not caught in the catch-22 of you're not really doing what you love so it affects you and because you're affected, you, you don't dare taking that step. The transition is never easy. The appeal is there, okay? So the best in business, uh, the best at the level of spirituality, Frank White in person for the first time in two years, uh, tantris experts, tantric dating, Catherine Norman, and the list goes on and on. Your best bet, there's a little link. You're going to click on it, or you, you, if you cannot find the link, inquire. Here's what's very, very unique. So it's lifestyle. It's only 33 people, so it's elite. It's four entire days. The format is like a boot camp. It's like the CNN training, uh, the, the, the training that was featured on CNN and Sky TV, the initiation, we even do board breaking, this fitness aspect, this entertainment, fashion in this six very luxurious venues. So it, it's an adventure, it's an experience. You step out of your comfort zone. It's coming June 20, 27 to the 30th. The website is VinceKelvin.com. VinceKelvin.com. If you want a little bit of free material to start with, you're not sure you want to inquire a little bit more, Send me a quick email to vince at seductioncoaching.com. I can draw a conclusion or 
extend the invitation for one final question. It was a little shy question-wise tonight. Unless I'm muted and I didn't know it, and you guys didn't hear any of what I said. So I'm going to do a three, two, one. Last chance for question tonight. Three, two, one. Ah, is that a question coming up? Maybe? No? Hey, Vince, it's uh, no. Sam. Hey, Sam, how are you? Sam, you got to come to L.A., to that, that event I just I talked know, to. I know, I know. I should, I should. It's an absolute month. June, right? Okay. It's in June, and you know, you've been to both events. You've been to the one in the desert, and you've also been yeah. to uh, the, the, the big one. It's a blend of both. We kept like the, the, it's the format of both, but for an exclusive elite group of people, a small group of people. So the impact is even greater. So what, what is your question tonight? Uh, my question is, let's say you have a, like a, you know, like a tragedy or like a death in the family or something, and it's kind of got you down and it's kind of affecting your game or even your motivation to go out things like that how do you how, how do you get past that you know like is there a, or accelerate the you know just uh, getting back into your uh, you know into a better mood or mode or you know what I'm saying yeah yeah you know uh, this this applies at a minimal level and at a more significant level you know I, I've noticed fluctuations in my game depending on my level of preoccupation. Exactly. So yeah. if, it, if it's so. something minimal, do your best to handle it as soon as possible. Now, I just received the document from the IRS. I'm all good with them, but the document was unclear for me. I did notice that even, you know, with, with, with girls, I would be a little preoccupied. So I said, okay, what can I do about it to handle this right now? send a few pictures to my accountant, my accountant said, oh, no, it's, it, you don't need to respond, you're all good. Okay, good. Okay. At a more significant level, then, you know, it's, it's a little delicate because no one can tell us until it's them that are going through that process. But at a personal level, we can make choices and we can contrast with the traditional model of the world. See, the world leads us in all sorts of ways that lack further examination and, uh, or revisiting. So first, you've got to honor yourself. And we're going to turn that a, a little bit into a new also model of pickup. See, what cripples a lot of guys with their success with women or in life in general is to think that they should have everything in place and to think that if something doesn't feel in place, it's abnormal and to wrestle with the abnormality and obsess about trying to correct that, not knowing if they could correct it. When in fact, the truly sexy man, real alpha, one particularity of the top dog that's really the true alpha type is they accept what is more easily, whether they like it or not. And they still operate. So accept and still operate. Because they trust themselves. So you, you accept that currently you are moved, you are stirred, destabilized, and you can still operate. At a higher level, and here's a wonderful recommendation uh, for all aspects of making progress. Avoid going extreme and blend three modes to be fair to you in every possible way. In a situation like that, it'd be foolish for somebody to go, man, check this out. You're going to be all right. And truth is that you could go out and feel fine and get laid tonight. Okay? That, that would make us feel like there's a true lack of sophistication. On the other hand, if people just go, oh, man, yeah, I know, I'm sorry. 
That's also not fair. So personally, I like to give myself three options and alternate them as needed. The bottom one is the willingness to tolerate a little bit more, to feel vulnerable, to know that it's going to pass, and to ease my wrestling when I'm wrestling. So the mission is acceptance, surrender, it will heal, don't demand too much, don't wrestle too much, and honor. So if let's say one day I'm a little tired, I'm, going, I'm not going to be like, hey, come on, man, come on, come on. I'm going to be, okay, you're a little tired, it's okay. I know, that sucks, you wanted to go full force, you had plans. Surrender a little bit, you're going to be all right. So very nurturing. Then I also know that no matter what it is, we have more of a margin, margin than we know it. So remind yourself of that margin, okay? No matter how we feel, we can boost it just a touch. If there was an emergency, see if a person is like, man, I'm depressed lately and they're slow like that, and suddenly somebody goes, watch out! And there's like five, six vicious animals running towards the person, they're gonna get up and they're gonna run. So that means they could have gotten up before and they could have been running. And then we need to be fair and also embrace higher frames of reality that we may not know of yet in the context of infinity. So at the level of grief, okay, which um, I have not faced to the degree to which of extreme closeness, recently last year, one of my long-term girlfriends passed away. Uh, the best advice I've ever heard was from the Daily Lama, and I'm sure he's not the only one, but I, I heard that from him. To know that one common pitfall, and that can help you with game also, guys. I know this is, this is deep, but is that we omit coexistence and the world binds us into thinking it's got to be just one way. Coexistence, one of the greatest examples of all time, was the story of Viktor Frankl, you know, the guy who ended up in a concentration camp, and he witnessed an old man that was relishing the sunset. And he was outraged at first until the old, old man said, Shh, look at the beautiful sunset. And then that gave him hope and he realized that uh, it would be false to just say, hey, everything is good, look at the sunset, and deny the fact that it sucks. But it's also unfair to not realize that you still have the right to be happy, to be productive, to be upbeat, and oftentimes, we don't realize, we, we all kind of prone to wait until we're better to do more. And oftentimes, it's when we do more that we start to do better. So I hope you find a little bit of comfort and reassurance in those words. And uh, personally, I modeled a guy in the early days of pickup, and I think I topped what he did. But I just heard not even the whole fucking sentence. But one of the first like, superstars of pickup, not a teacher, but a student of a teacher, had said that his way to deal with feeling down or depressed and so on, that pickup would be his therapy. So no matter what it was, when he felt that he would wrestle or struggle, he would go and do some pickup. And I didn't hear the end of the story, but I liked the idea, and ever since that's been my thing. I go walk around, I do some pickup, go to the gym. The ultimate formula, let's say somebody came to me today and say, help me, I'll give you everything that I have. I would say, all of you will kind of want the opposite of that, but that is your mission, that is your salvation. This is the time when uh, as simple as your intake of water, any and every little good discipline that you have, taking care, getting busy, taking care of your paper, cleaning your place, any and all the things from the simplest to the biggest, right now, you engage yourself in it. And you coexist with the reluctance that will come up. I don't want to. And you do it almost as if you're two people. One of you is the coach going ahead of you, urging you to be at your best. And the other one is the part of you that doesn't feel like it. Okay? And that's also a wonderful model of pickup. I finish with a simple question. I love using questions and 
I love superior questions. So ultimately, we wrestle with matters of life when we fear that we're not okay and we think that it shouldn't have happened. Guaranteed. In your pickup, think about it. You flow until part of you starts to think that something is off, something is not going to happen, and, or that something shouldn't have happened. Now, the biggest of them all, which most wouldn't even dare, it applies there too, is with the process of grief and the loss of loved one or a termination of a phase of our life, a job, this and that, physical impairment and so on. That's when most people go, oh, oh okay, no, 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 that's different. What if you, right there, remind yourself that all the turmoil is created by the the concern that it may not be okay. So what if we exist in a much, much, much higher reality? Just as if we're in a library right now, and we could focus on just one letter. And then we could notice that the letter is forming a word, that that word is part of a sentence. That sentence is part of a paragraph. The paragraph is part of a chapter. The chapter is part of a section. The section is part of a book. The book is part of a shelf on which there are many of the books. And the shelf is in a library in which there are many other shelves. And the library is in a city where there's many other locations of books, maybe even online. And if we continue like that for every library in every city of the world, and then we bring it back to the little letter so what if all the concerns that we currently have, they would be like the concern of one little letter that doesn't realize that it's surrounded by other letters that form other words. And in the context of infinity, if we knew for sure that all will always be fine, that humans have misunderstood the idea of death and passing, the wording, the framing, the impression, the rituals around it, are valid at the time, we don't dismiss them, but in the bigger picture of infinity, where all and everyone is infinite, all those concerns are instantly nullified. So venture a little bit in that kind of thinking and also honor yourself, be gentle with yourself, alternate back and forth, and um, in my family, I witnessed one person losing a lot of people back to back, and that was very, very tough, and the circumstances were very tough. The strategy was simple, which is the strategy many use, get busy, do more, plan, do as much as you can, as much as you can at all levels. This is a great time to exercise you. If you do any form of exercise, do it. Nature, people, surround yourself with people, get busy. If you haven't seen a movie or a play or a concert in a while, that's the time to do that. Okay? All right, everybody. So uh, I appreciate everyone. And go check out the brand new website, VinceKelvin.com. And I hope to see, <coughs> sorry, as many of you for the Cosmic Code Convention. It's a journey. We are the Avengers. We gather. It's an adventure. It's a trip. It's entertainment. The dates are perfect. It's June. The location, it's Hollywood. You cannot top it. And what's very, very unique about it, notice how we start talking about having an edge with women and then we shared wisdom with a matter of life that's inevitable that all of us will go through. Okay? So that is where we're at right now. And we're tapping anybody in the world who says that they want to help you with all aspects of your life because we have an edge and we ventured further with that edge, meaning we have dropped judgment, meaning we no longer are the type that would venture far into spirituality, but then condemned or omit sexuality. We venture as far as we can everywhere. Finances, seduction, sex, love, romance, passion, fitness, business, spirituality, magic, totally non-denominational. We blend different styles. One of the businessmen is as conservative as can be, while the other one that we'll be teaching over there 
is as innovative as can be. One of the spiritual workers is also as conservative as can be, while the other one is as innovative as can be. We have light workers and dark workers. Okay? So it's really, really, really the cutting edge at the level of personal transformation. My journey is ongoing in the field of personal and global evolution. My own personal desire to correct the pitfall that I encounter was that everywhere I went, I've experienced a lot of wonderful intentions for people to assist, but in a little bit of a limiting way because it was one direction, one dimension. Anyway, that's all for tonight. I will see you next week and visit the brand new website, VinceKelvin.com. And Sam, you're welcome to give me a quick call. Text me and let's speak in private further. Uh, I'm happy to be there for you. Thank you, everyone. Good night.